everyone, it's Brett, the Petite Polymath, <laughs> apparently back for another COVID edition podcast, although this time I actually read a book, um, Dune by Frank Herbert. Get excited! Okay, so, um, I love Timothy Chalamet. I'm trying to think of when I realized this. Well, he was in, oh, what was that movie? Oh, gosh. This is going to make me very sad. Anyway, I'm going to speak around it because it'll hit me later. Um, but it was the movie with Matthew McConaughey and Jessica Chastain as an adult. And Timothy Chalamet plays the son of Matthew McConaughey when he's a teenager. But I digress. He's, you know, his star has continued to rise from this point on. And I'd heard that he was in the remake of Dune, which is supposed to be released um, around Christmas time this, this winter. My dad is a science fiction guy. He saw the original Dune and loved it. He's not much of a reader besides reading his Bible, however, um, and maybe some history books. But um, Dune, of course, is a series. Um, the, the first book written by Frank Herbert, and then he wrote a series of books, I think up to six of this whole universe. And then um, while he was still alive, he and his son, Brian, I think the oldest son, wrote books together that expanded on this universe. Um, and I'm not sure if Brian's written anymore since his father's death in the 80s, but he very possibly could. At any rate, it's a lot to keep you busy, which isn't shabby in this current, um, you know, shelter-in-place climate. Uh, I had never seen Dune when it came out as a miniseries back in maybe the early 90s, I think. And when I was a kid, I was a bit of a book snob in the way that like I only wanted to read classics or, you know, because I was a young, a young adult books. Um, but I didn't want to read any science fiction. Um, so I didn't think about Dune being considered a classic. It really is a classic and clearly I'm late to this party. Um, it is excellent. Herbert does something very akin to Tolkien. Um, and I guess you could say that George R. R. Martin could um, very well have been influenced by him as well. Uh, this, this world is very fascinating. And for those who don't know, I'll give a quick synopsis of what Dune is about. I love a buildings roman. You know, the story of the epic, really, of, of, a, of a, a kid coming of age. Because um, it could be a boy or a girl. Um, but it's the making of an adult, the making of a man or a woman, pretty much. And that is what Dune, this, at least the first book, really is. And I'm about to start the second one. Um, I just read the, like, beginning of it last night. Um, so you have Paul Atreides, who is of the House Atreides. He will be Duke when his father dies. He is the child of the Duke, Leto, of Atreides. Um, and his wife, Lady Jessica, actually not his wife, maybe his common-law wife. She's considered his concubine. Um, Jessica uh, doesn't know where she comes from. Um, she was orphaned, but trained um, in the ways of the Bene Gesserit. And they are called witches, um, both as like, you know, uh, an expletive, and then also maybe because there's something of truth to it, but they're women trained in, in weirding ways is the term, which is really a way to, to manipulate and control people um, by using your voice, the tone of your voice, 
being able to intuit um, every subtle uh, motivation that they have by watching body language and, um, and just looking at how people navigate through space. Um, so she and uh, Duke Leto have this, their son, Paul, um, and he's the only child. Uh, what's happening is that they are living in this, on this planet called Kaladin, and they have been sent by the Emperor to a planet called Arakeen, which is a bit of a trap, and they know it, but then they also want to figure out how to use it to their own end. Of course, because everyone's related, the Emperor is like the cousin to the Duke. And there are all these various houses. Um, there's another house, the main antagonist, the Harkonnens, with a really perverted, like, degenerate, diabolical, sadistic leader named Baron. Um, he's a pedophile, amongst many other things. Um, and that is referred to in the book, but thankfully not in a, you know, lascivious sort of way. Uh, he's the main antagonist, and he is, um, is also kind of in the realm of, of being used by the emperor to, to maybe manipulate this Atreides house, okay? And so the reason why is because Arakeen has something called spice, and spice is a, um, a drug, um, also called melange, which apparently um, gives people the insight into the future and into like the motivations of people. So it's almost like a, a bio-enhancer in some ways, also highly addictive. And so if you are hooked on spice, you can't get off of it because withdrawal causes death, or at least a pretty painful death, if not a painful withdrawal. Uh, and because this world wouldn't be complete without spice, in order to, to um, to make this even more complicated, there are these huge sandworms um, that guard the spice. And there are these people called freemen that uh, live on this, on this planet and manage to just kind of make do. They're um, hunter-gatherers and nomadic and kind of live in tribes. So uh, the Duke is being sent to now be, you know, the lord over this planet. And of course, things can't go the way that they should, right? And so Paul has is, is kind of ends up being kind of pushed to the forefront um, because there's also other other movements at work, um, a prophecy, um, religious prophecy of someone who will be able to be all places at once, someone who will um, have a large amount of power and influence that will resonate not just from the planet of Arakeen, but throughout that whole universe. And is he this Messiah or not? So there's this prophecy from the religious, the Bene Gesserit. There's also this prophecy with the freemen of a Messiah who will turn Arakeen, this you know arid desert planet, um, into a lush green environment where water is abundant. Um, so that's one of the neat things, water. Because water is so scarce on this desert planet, it is how people show their wealth, um, almost to the point that um, like all of the colloquialisms are wrapped up in water. So like, if you kill someone, um, you take their water is the term. 
Um, and there's a very, if, if someone, if you cry, you give water to someone, give water to the dead, which is a very high um, show of love or respect or, or remorse. Um, and so I, I love how the scarcities of an environment impact the language. One thing that's interesting is that every sect of, of, of individuals in this, in this um, world, they're all humans. But the exception of the sandworm, there is no different race. They're all people, but they're people that have been shaped by their environments in such ways that then they become something different than the human that we'd be used to. Um, so apparently at some time way before uh, we are introduced to Dune, there was a time where machines took over and enslaved humanity. And then there was a Butlerian Jihad where they overthrew all the machines. And so now there is a law to not make any machine in the image of a man. So computers and, you know, um, smartphones and Alexa and Siri and robots would all be, you know, um, destroyed in this new world. Um, but what they do is that they train humans to fill the gap. So there are people called mentates that are trained to compute almost like a computer, um, they have very high reasoning abilities and they can like calculate and deduce with the speed of a processor, but it's because they've been trained from the time they're children. I think they're trained to a certain point without them being told. And then at a certain age, they're told, this is what we're training you for. And they can either continue down that path or opt out, which is kind of neat. Uh, and so Paul is being trained by the best of the best uh, to one day take over his father's mantle. Um, while also wondering if he is the answer to these prophecies. So because this series has six books, clearly we realize that he, he must end up being an answer. Um, there are some really interesting themes and some very neat truths that stood out to me. So I'm just going to list a few of the themes that I found. Uh, the theme of the duality of the hero, that... Um, that cult of celebrity can be dangerous. So someone can start off very well-intentioned and then because of being uh, propped up by the adoration and um, worship of other people, which we are not made really to handle very well, um, they can then be twisted and turned, uh, whether it's um, on themselves or whether it's for the fame and the recognition, or whether it's arrogance and thinking that they're, they're um, you know, uh, untouchable. These are all um, the potential pitfalls for the hero. There's also the interconnectedness of creation. You know, when you continue to read in Dune, Arakeen is dependent on everything. The, the dust and the worm and the spice are all interconnected. And then the freemen who live on the planet are connected to the spice and the worm and the dust. And then there's water, which needs to be introduced. Not to mention how every individual is related to each other. Um, how if someone has water, they give it to someone else. Um, that you take someone's water. So when you kill someone, you don't just leave their body for dead. You turn what their body, you turn their body into water. 
um, the parts that you can and you give, they say the body is for the family or for the person, but the water is for the tribe. So this idea of everyone being dependent on each other. Um, and even further in, the idea of the mind that is connected to every other mind, uh, which is very interesting, and the Reverend Mothers in the B'nai Gesserit. And then this idea of cruelty and nurture, I guess, which, you know, when we say nurture, it seems like a nice word, but actually it should have no emotion attached to it at all, because nurture doesn't necessarily mean positive. It just means the external environment that shapes the nature of what someone is into something else. Um, so this idea that if you put someone in a horrible situation and then you tell them later that it was for their good and then make them feel superior to other people because of what they went through, you could get someone to then appreciate in some twisted way or at least accept the horribleness and the cruelty that they experienced and how that can sometimes be considered a kindness. Um, but then the danger that that could also backfire on you. And, and I was talking to my brother about this recently, about how fascinating it is that nothing on this planet is successful or strong without struggle. We don't get diamonds unless carbon is under large amounts of pressure, right? Um, we don't get precious metals unless they go through a fire. In order for clay to be molded into a pot or, you know, a bowl, it has to be manipulated and broken down and malleable, you know, made malleable by the hands of the master and by the wheel. Trees and plants have to be pruned. And then human beings can't be coddled. Like comfort is the ultimate killer um, in nature. And we see it in humans as well. Uh, having no hardships does not make you resilient, does not make you compassionate, does not make you strong. It actually makes you weak and vulnerable. Um, there's also a lot of really neat um, influences from other languages. So there's um, Arabic and um, more indigenous languages from like Aboriginal people and Native Americans. Um, there is German and um, Italian and Latin and Greek. You see these various things just scattered throughout. And I, I know that Herbert looked for um, words that phonetically sounded harsh if he was trying to um, infer something about an individual um, versus things that kind of roll off the tongue. Um, and then the religious aspects. So there's Buddhism, there's Islam, there's Judaism, there's Christianity. Uh, and there's even something called the OC Bible that has various verses that sound like the Old Testament. I think some of them are literally lifted from the Old Testament. Uh, and in addition, some truths and sayings that are scattered throughout the book that just stood out to me that I'm going to now read to you. So what do we got here? The first one. The greatest peril to the giver is the force that takes. The greatest peril to the taker is the force that gives. It is easy to be overwhelmed by giving as by taking. And then we've got that which makes a man. Okay, we've also got, let's see. How could you win the loyalty of such men? There are proven ways. Play on the certain knowledge of their superiority, the mystique of secret covenant, 
the esprit of shared suffering. It can be done. It has been done on many worlds in many times. Haven't we seen that before? And my last one. Ah, yes. A world is supported by four things. The learning of the wise, the justice of the great, the prayers of the righteous, and the valor of the brave. But all of these are nothing without a ruler who knows the art of ruling. So yeah, I found this book to be just so beautifully crafted. The worlds, the individuals, um, and then just the imagery. Like I really felt like I was so immersed in every place described. Herbert did such an excellent job, such an excellent job. And I'm really excited to read um, the rest of the books. Um, other things making me happy. Ah, so I've been doing um, my tap dancing classes on online. In addition to my um, Pilates class every Saturday morning with Pia, which makes me very happy. Um, it's been really good to catch up with friends. We've been writing letters and cards and that has been nice. So there are some, there are some things that have been um, special in this time. But I send a shout out and all of my love and um, support to all of the healthcare providers and all of the workers in the healthcare system, the, from the people who clean, to the cafeteria staff, to the techs and the transport, and the nurses and PAs and MAs and techs and doctors, um, and also to everyone in the um, grocery store, delivery, mail, um, construction land, who keep our world moving afloat. Thank you all for what you do. I'm so appreciative, um, and I don't take that for granted. Um, sending lots of love to the people at home teaching their children, um, who don't get an outlet, uh, to the elderly that are in nursing homes and assisted living and can't see their loved ones, uh, to the military folk who are deployed and can't get home, for people who are at all these travel plans and have connections across the world that are being disrupted. Lots of love to you all, and we'll get through this. We'll come out on the other side, and hopefully we will be better for it. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Petite Polymath. There's a very good chance the next one will be the second book from the Dune series at the rate I'm currently going. Love to you all. Bye!